タチュー本当の自分自信でやった Through Decacast, the Camera Retrospective Through the Lens of Decade, where I'm Garrett. I'm Evan. And I'm Chris. Oh god, I'm dying unexpectedly. Oh no. <laughs> um, well, before you die,、uh, we finished Ryuki by watching episodes 49 and 50. I-, I should have a few minutes to finish talking about the show at least.、So. Alright, l cool. Yeah.、Um, that just kind of. That ending kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, I know, like. <laughs> It was the 49th and 50th episode. We literally knew that it was the last episode, but still, it, it felt like it came out of nowhere. Yeah, it would have been nice to get, like, any of this plot, like, episodes ago. Yeah, like I said, I, I really am sticking with my. They should attempt some of these reveals earlier in the show. Oh, very much so. Um, But yeah, episode 49 is entitled Granting a Wish, and episode 50 is A New Life. Yeah,、uh, basically, at the start of this episode, they quickly reveal the two. Cli- they knock out the two cliffhangers from the previous episode. Yep.、Uh, Yui died when she was a kid, and the current her is a mirror version. Yep. And also, the guys, like, beat one of the Odins, but that's not the real Odin. But yeah, like, the, when they were going off to fight Odin, yeah, they're done with that in, like, 20, in less than 20 seconds. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's something. We get like a little bit of flashback about what was happening in the previous episode just to catch us all up. Yeah,、uh, but the important part is Reiko figures out that Shinji's a common writer, finally. Right. The 49th、um, episode. <laughs> which is a very minor point, not really important at all.、Uh, The, basically,、yeah. the entire plot point of them trying to figure out this Kamen Rider stuff revolves in one line of dialogue from the editor,、uh, where he says, like, the fight between Kamen Riders isn't about justice, it's just about earnest desires.、And、I like, think that's in the last episode, too. Yeah, that's like the. That's all that really comes of this whole subplot, which is like, it, a little it, weird. It feels like the only reason that Ore Journal even learned about all of this is just so that Chief could have that really intimate, serious conversation with Shinji about, hey, Shinji, you're an idiot. Just do your best and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, that happened too. I mean, he also kind of just like goes, and here's the thesis for the show. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, basically. Like, Which I'm like, cool. That's neat. I'm sure、like... there could be a dialogue about that and how, like, the different wishes of each character says something about humanity or whatever. And how some characters were able to give up their the desires they had at one point and what that means about growing and changing as a person. Yeah, yeah. It's、uh, like. Plant the、Fighting、seed earlier, though. What you、though. want isn't right, but it's also not necessarily wrong, except unless you're Asakura. Like, like not a bad idea. Just、uh, don't don't backload it so much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyway, back to what is actually happening in the episode. So after they they have the super brief Odin fight,、um, uh, Sh- Shiro Shinji. 
and Ren all bust into the room that uh, Yui has been uh, freaking out in. Uh, she basically gets her memories back and has this flashback to the uh, to her dying as a young kid that we had seen, and then the mirror version of her uh, talks to Shiro and is like, "Hey, can I can I take over my dead self's body?" And he's like, uh, "Sure, yeah, that's fine." Hey, hey, kid, let me in. I'm a fairy. Don't you believe in fairies? Yeah, uh, she says, just, uh, uh, cool, die. this way you will not be alone, and I will be with you, uh, but I will die when I become an adult at 20. Like, okay, so what? what's the mirror version's motivation here? What is she getting out of this? Because it doesn't seem like she remembers that she's the mirror version. Like, she forgets it into the body. Like, okay, a, a life to live for a bunch of years? Yeah, kind of. I guess, but like being alive in the real world I don't know it just felt like it wasn't explained very well other than just he's here because okay so here's when we come to my head my my head canon that I think actually makes the show make a lot more sense Um, the mirror world is the warp and they populated the mirror world with their imaginary monsters uh, the imaginary monsters killed all the other mirror people there. You know what? I ac- I'm, I'm all accept that. Yeah. Yeah, like the mirror world was full of mirror people. That's why there's no mirror versions of anyone. Yeah, there are no mirror versions of anyone except Yui, who like is the lord of them, because the mirror monsters killed all of them. Holy shit! You know what this story is? I've discovered. I've discovered what this story is really about. Don't abuse your kids. They might grow up to be murderers. Yeah. Their imaginations might become literally so dangerous people. that they literally destroy the world. Yeah. Be nice to your kids. Or lock them in cycles of pain and trauma and grief. That uh, too. One or the other. Maybe both in, in this case. Don't do that? Yeah, that's that's bad. That's yeah, bad. Don't do that. Hot, okay. hot take 2020? So, so headcanon that makes the show make sense. The mirror world is the warp. They wrecked it on accident because they imagined monsters. Okay, which leads me to actual theme of the show that I felt like I should have picked up on before now. Maybe that's on me. Maybe that's a little bit on the show. Uh, the show is actually about grief and ho- holding on to things and letting go of things. It really is, actually. That is, yeah. that is a big major subplot, is accepting loss and accepting the inevitability of things that you cannot change. Right, and that's the last couple episodes make that very clear, which is, I think, what makes them good. I like these, because they, they make that thematically clear in a way that is and actually satisfying. It gives, it's like all the different, all the different human reactions. Because we've got Kita Oka, who first learning has we've no he's he's the one with been the most visible time limit it's like he is uh terminally ill he is going to die there is nothing he can do about it so he did the common writer thing to try and yeah. stop it yeah i mean when i think of it like this actually kitaoka and ren are on basically the same time limit they they're extremely similar in that uh kitaoka's time limit is just on himself and ren's is on his coma girlfriend yes 
And Correct. We, ha- we have Kita Oka who, over time, you know, rage against it at first, but comes to accept it and dies with grace and accepts, like, you know, this this is it. And it's, I, I had an okay life, didn't I? We have Ren who wins and gets hit what he wants, but he kind of seems, like, destroyed by the fact that he had to sacrifice... I I mean we'll the we'll get there at episode fifty, but it, it seems time. like it literally kills him. Like he he won what he fought for, but he lost everything. Yes, but I I uh, un, unsure. It, time time loops are dumb. Yeah, it's like I, we're saying all this, and then it's all invalidated because of the time loop. That's then I was I wanted to make the point of like even Asakura has his own special reaction. His is like the inevitability of he's not going to be able to get away. Like I don't, I don't really think he'd be able to escape. His, his his own personality and like the level of destruction he's done, he's going to get caught and going to get taken down. And his reaction is to just yell and rage against it anyway. Yeah, it, isn't what happens to Asakura? Isn't this from an Akira Kurosawa film? I, I think isn't this like the ending I of? I think, think this is like so. the ending of Hidden Fortress or something. I believe the hosts are referring to Throne of Blood, which is an adaptation of Hamlet. It has a very similar ending to what they're describing, and also fits with this in terms of the ghosts and visions. Like, I don't know the movie, but it's like, I... Uh, I could have sworn I've seen this in a Japanese gangster film, and I think in that movie it was a reference on basically the same thing happening in a Kurosawa movie. I could see it, definitely. Um, I would not be surprised. Like, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to have a bit of romanticization of Asakura be a thing. I, I mean, the, the thing, it doesn't, that one, like, it's actually really well shot and looks really cool. I, I like that bit a lot. Uh, it doesn't really work for me with the character because he's a piece of shit and, like, nothing he wanted ever made sense. It, well, it's, he's just, he just wants to murder yeah, the whole, like, battle without honor or humanity thing doesn't really work when this character wants things that don't, aren't relatable or logical. Uh, it's It feels like he's a character archetype that... You, I have no idea whether I've just made this up and pulling it out of my ass or I'm actually remembering something from some point. But it, it feels like a character archetype of just this, like, animalistic character who you're not supposed to like feel sorry for and they just this is the way they are and they know no other way and they don't care to know any other way yeah yeah i I see what you mean yeah he's like the 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 character that like fighting is all he knows that that's supposed to be the concept for the character i think so he's like a shitty saber tooth i mean saber tooth already sucks like i don't like saber tooth he's dumb a dumbass a shittier saber tooth he yeah. attacks Wolverine every year on his birthday just to be a dick. That's character development, Chris. <laughs> that is extremely silly is what it is. I prefer to call it character development. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't really find that the, that sort of character super relatable, but like, I kind of see what they're going for. Yeah, I mean, like, just... I never liked Takeshi to begin with, so... I like his design. He's a good. He's a he's a good villain. He is a good villain. That's true. I, yeah, he's. I don't know. 
That's fair. As, well, here's the, the snakeskin is... jacket, the fact that he, like, always manages to slip away even when he's, like, been cornered. Like, yeah. Yeah, he he is a cool villain, I will give you that. He's a very comic booky having, villain Having that been way. playing a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen recently, he's Xenos done a bit worse. <laughs> oh, but Xenos is our best friend. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so anyway, back to the show. Back to the show. Yeah, we were, okay, we got off on the Asakura tangent. Okay, so when all, when, like, the three main guys, like, bust into the room that Yui's in, mm-hmm. uh, Yui has, like, just had this flashback and basically understands everything that's going on now that, like, Shiro has set this whole thing up in order to kind of extend her life that she feels is just over now. Like, she she has, when she gets this memory back, she's like, no, I'm... I'm done. That life is over. Yeah, this this was a time limit, and it's gone. And it's... Uh, and Shiro cannot accept that, and is just like, nope, we're gonna keep going, no matter what. Uh, I'm going to make sure you you have another life or whatever. Although uh, I... Yui freaks out and is like, look, you're not fucking listening to me. Uh, stop being a dick. And then she evaporates. Yeah, Yui just Yui's dies. just like, can I have agency, please? And then dies. Uh, pretty much, yeah. She, she pulls a Yoda. I mean, she kind of <laughs> is still around. Of, she gets tired of fucking listening to him talk and just <laughs> dies. She's like, I'm done having this argument. Peace. <laughs> like, I don't blame her. No, I don't either. And then Shinji is the only one to be like, no, she's like, she's saying she doesn't. She doesn't want this, man. No, but do it anyway. But yeah, it- Ren is so is like so blinded by his purpose that he doesn't that this doesn't change how he sees things. And I, I do Shiro, wonder, though, I, I think Shiro has like seen this before or something. Is the idea? Well, here's maybe the thing, is we know that Shiro is dead because we have his death certificate from America that Reiko brought back. Um. My f- and we know that your mirror version can be summoned into your body during a time of great crisis and to like take over and like I guess be programmed to be a certain way because I we have the mirror version of Yui who is like hey I want to come over and then as soon as she gets into Yui's body she's just Yui so my thought is at Pretty some much. point in time did. Kanzaki, when he died, was that him merging with his mirror self, and then his mirror self is just kind of this programmed, must save Yui, no other way? See, I I think part of the idea, I think his body might have been destroyed, which is why he can't come into the real world in the same way she did. Because, um, like, he, he doesn't, he doesn't really, like, he stays in the mirror world mostly and just talks to people through mirrors makes it also makes me think like with the the time loop element it puts in at the end like is his death the start point of the loop well what's i I don't think so i think the start point of the loop is um when she died as a kid and then came into the came into the real world man they don't explain it enough (laughs) they really don't (laughs) I, I, okay, maybe that was maybe that wasn't the start point. Maybe that wasn't the first time they well, looped, but like, that was well, the start point of the inciting incident, at least. Chris, it's not even that I think you're wrong. It's that I think we literally don't have enough information about how this fucking weird ass loop works 
to make any sort of determination. <laughs> that, yeah, that might be true. Understanding anything that happens in these last two episodes is pretty, hev pretty heavily reliant on you remembering that 24 episodes ago, they ripped a picture... <laughs> And there was this whole fucking thing where Shinji got sent back in time and had to, like, relive the last year of his life in order to fix it. It's... We've had one thing towards time tra time travel and If you don't remember else. that happened, you're gonna be, like, a mile behind this whole episode. <laughs> that is true. I think... I, yeah, I don't know. They don't really explain it either. The time loop doesn't reset nicely either which i'm sure we'll get into i mean I, I feel they only briefly mention the fact that shiro says that like i'll do this again kind of implying that this isn't the first time we don't actually know that this isn't the first time he's done this i, I feel like it really heavily implies it's not but that's not they don't actually say that it, it, it is it is it is heavily implied but not explicitly stated that this is not the first time I mean, technically it isn't, because we already had that reset in the middle of the show. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so he at least got halfway through this once. That's true. Um, so as Yui is evaporating when she is piecing out from having this uh, back and forth with Shira repeatedly, she says, like, wouldn't it be better if we could just relive those days of drawing pictures together and being happy together? And, like... This is this is kind of the thing. Like this is kind of the central thing of the show is that like holding on to your happy memories doesn't necessarily it is different than trying to perpetuate them in a way. It's like you, you remember what was good and you know live in that but don't allow don't allow it to consume you to the point that you can't do anything else. Right, yeah. Because Shiro is basically trying to recreate that situation um, with everything he's doing. Where And and Yui's like, we can just go back to that. Like, we, we have those... <laughs> like, it's in our minds and it's in our... It's like within possibility that we can just have those memories and those experiences again. Yeah. And then she evaporates, and Shiro's like, well, shit. Uh, back to fighting, because he is not listening. Also, yeah. like, it it never really explains, like... Okay, so I guess... No, I, I'll get I'll get into this later. I, this, this is a thing for after the end of the 50th episode, so never mind. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, Shinji, uh, said, tells Shiro, like, she wanted to stop the fighting for your sake, primarily, or at least, like, secondarily, so, uh... You don't look happy, yeah. man. Yeah, like, she doesn't think you should do this because it doesn't, it's not making you feel better. No, she's just, he, he's just like, nope, refuses to accept reality and just goes. Mm-hmm. Must do the fighting. Ren drives off on his motorcycle to brood. Yeah. Well, Ren's just like, this changes nothing with me, nor do I really care about this situation. I'm going to go now. <laughs> yeah, Ren seems like he's just straight up not acknowledging what is happening, really. 
Ren's just like, cool, still gotta murder everybody to save my my dying fiance. Got it. Uh yeah, he's in continually double down mode. I mean which like fair, I guess? It's... Like UA's dead, so like What else are you gonna do? I mean, he was in it originally for his... I, I can see the thought in his head where it's like... He was in it originally to get his fiance fixed. So if he's still doing that, just do it. Well, in like a couple episodes ago, he made the thing where like... He's like, well, either like we bring UI back and or we save my fiance. So like, I'm okay with either of those outcomes. So he's just continuing down what he said he was going to do anyway. Yep. Oh, uh, when Yue, uh, evaporates... Oh, we, uh, I meant to bring this up. In the, when in the, in the flashback, when Mirror Yue goes into her, her real-life body, um, like, all the glass in the house explodes. Yeah, so I guess... Yeah, I wonder if that was, like, the event that, like, burned down the house or whatever. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, yeah, that... I'm, I'm pretty sure that's explicitly the idea. That Cause... It, that's what killed her, their parents. You know, because Yue died because her parent, like, she collapsed and her brother was like, yo, your daughter has collapsed and needs help. And they just close and lock the door. <laughs> They're just like, oh, the kids are yelling again. Shitty kids. The end of this show is a trip. It's it's a thing that happened. It's, it's radically different from what had been happening up until this point. <laughs> In focus and like weight, so like, it it, yeah. it doesn't. It feels like you're in a car and you're trundling along and in like second gear, and then it gets shifted to fifth and someone <laughs> slams on the gas. And admittedly, no, that won't work because it'll fucking destroy the car. But the idea of it just immediately you're going zoom fast. You gotta finish this story. <laughs> In two episodes. Yeah, the, this it definitely like these are all elements that I don't feel out of place because I feel like they were set up, but I didn't expect it all to happen at once. <laughs> like this stuff could have all gradually happened over the course of the last 10, 20 episodes. They didn't let it all stew together and seed it early. Yeah, they didn't necessarily pull anything out of their ass. They just went from point A to Z very quickly very much so like it, it's all there but then in the last two episodes like alright we have to close all these loops in like two minutes it, it almost <laughs> feels like they got to episode 48 alright episode 48 wrap great job guys alright uh, how many episodes we got left on this because we're going to need to start thinking about wrapping this up because I know we're I know we're close but it I'm not sure how many we got. We got. We have how many? We have. We have two. Two. Okay, guys, get everybody into the writing room. I'm, yeah, I, I no, was no, it's thinking... not everybody into the writing room. Anyway, just did a bender, and we got this. <laughs> yeah, probably. I was like, okay, wait a minute. Did Anyway not have the whole arc of the show planned out? Fuck, he didn't even surprised. write these episodes. <laughs> Okay, so he was so he had someone else script these ones, but he was still series coordinator. Like he supervised the whole plot arc of the show. Did they know what was going to happen when they started the show? 
it seems like they kind of did because they've been dropping hints about all this stuff. They probably had ideas early on. Oh man, I wonder if they had ideas or whatever, and then like Inoue left for like the end because it looks like the last episode he did was forty four, and then the episode final movie, and then he doesn't have a writing credit for the remainder of the episodes. Oh, so I wonder if would... he just like was doing something else, and then like they're like, "Hey, hey, we kind of need those those notes about like what happens in the show." Was production on the movie like rough enough that it distracted from the end of the? That could make sense, I guess. That's a weird thing to do, but I mean, I guess it could happen. I don't know. I'm curious about that because yeah, I was just clicking through and seeing that it looks like. His last credit as writer, according to the wiki, was episode 44. Okay, anyway, so, like, the point is, is that the last two episodes feel like what happens when you get to the end of something, and you've been kind of making it a... It's when you pull a J.J. Abrams, where you've been like, I don't know where this is going, I'm making it up as I go along, time to come up with an ending now. Because I've only been thinking about what's good in the moment up until this point. I, I, mm, I don't know if that's the best comparison. Like, I feel like they had ideas of what the ending looked like. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is this like it's weird for it to feel that way because like a lot of it does seem to a lot of what happens does seem like it was set up to happen previously. Like, but then why rush it this way? I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm just putting out there. I don't think this is a Star Wars situation. <laughs> I was not. actually thinking more lost, but uh, I was going way back. But uh, oh, Abrams has not Im- improved as a producer in that well, time. Didn't he like? Didn't he like not even do that much of Lost, and he left super early anyway? Well, yeah, but the thing is, that keeps happening on productions he's involved in, so it's clearly a thing that he does to to productions. Yeah. Anywho, we gotta talk about this episode. <laughs> um so they're actually yeah okay so after after the bit where yui evaporates um shiro leaves and no shit shinji leaves shinji leaves the building and Re- sees reiko and reiko's like uh, i kind of know what was what's going on now yeah reiko's like you're a common writer huh i i was fully expecting us to get some sort of explanation from ore journal about what what well, okay what oh you're a common writer they say it you can hear the capital letters and like we all know in the context of the show what a common writer is but i want to know what they learned in the notes about what the common writer is. i do kind of just want a pdf scan of those notes yeah like it's <laughs> I, I was fully expecting them to like get a little bit of a sit down a little powwow and like hey shinji you know we got this and this and is this you and the, we they, didn't get that <laughs> It happens, it just happens off screen. Because the next scene is, like, the chief questioning Shinji on it, and it's the end of the conversation where he's like, okay, I think I got all of this. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then this is, that part's kind of interstitched with Lawyer being like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of done being a being a common writer i think i yeah. had a, i had a good life goro thoughts he even like stands up and says i am content 
So, uh, in terms of the Faustian bargain, he literally says the thing that gets you, that lets you die in the Faustian bargain he's made. Uh, yeah. Then he basically does. Well, he, he says that, I am content. And then, well, is that like, right, I forget, is that immediately or is it a little after where it's like he has this realization of, I may be content with my own death and my own situation, but there is literally some a, an evil that I caused out and about, and I need to go fix that. Um, well, that's before he sits down to try to call Reiko, so it's slightly before that. Yeah, yeah. the The Asakura stuff comes later. Yeah, he tries to give Reiko a call, and uh, his his hands aren't working right. Like he's got tremors in them and can't dial a phone properly. Yeah. Uh, Goro looks, you know, gives him the look where he's like, "Oh, my buddy, he's dying. I'm sad." Yep. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean that to sense so flippant. There's, there's also like these parts that don't matter where these monsters are going to hang out by the, by the water. Um, just okay. know that that's happening. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing, the thing is, is our assumption that the monsters were going to matter. They actually do kind of matter because what's going to happen is they break into the real world, which leads to the big final fight that they all have. Yeah, but like. The parts where they're just congregating by the water don't matter. Yeah, it's just to show that they're evolving again, kind of. Yeah, it's to be like, hey, remember, mirror monsters are a thing. These ones keep getting stronger. Yeah. So then we go back to Shinji explaining everything to the Ore Journal chief, where we miss all, like, the interesting bits. And the chief is like, you know, you're an idiot. But because you've thought about it for so long... That means you're a just idiot. It's like, it's, it's... I'm it paraphrasing, feels... but, like, that's the, basically the, what he said. The, the paraphrasing I can think of is, like, when you have someone that starts, like, worrying, like, am I a good person? Are the things I do good? Am I a monster? It's the and dilemma what... of, if you're thinking that, that's kind of the answer yeah. in itself. It's yeah. the, the very fact that you think and worry about that shows that you are somewhat, you know, you, you, you tend more towards just, or maybe there's a bit good to you. Right, yeah. He, he basically, he, he uh, Garrett's not wrong in what he says, but basically what he's saying emotionally is, uh, like, morality is essentially subjective, and if you are trying to live your life in a way to be considerate of others and not just thinking of morality as something that lets you just uh, take whatever you want, then you're probably doing an okay job. If you are really committed to thinking about it, it's probably fine. Right. And that's just kind of the ambiguity that the human condition has to exist in. So there's that. And then Shinji's like, cool, got it. Um, and then Kidaoka calls Reiko for a date, and IT Lady and Megumi are like, you know, maybe you should probably say yes this time, but maybe we're not go going to tell date. you why. Maybe, 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 maybe just say yes once. And then, yeah, 
At first, I, at first I was like, oh, they're trying to tell her to stop being, like, such a frigid bitch or something. That's terrible. <laughs> but then I realized, oh, they know he's dying of cancer now. <laughs> yeah, they're aware he is dying of cancer. Maybe, maybe, maybe do the nice thing for the... Because he's, he's, he's kind of a shit, yes, but he's not that much of a shit. He's, he's trying. He's trying. He's made steps. <laughs> I mean, I think, like, he's, like, visibly the character that's grown the most, most in the show, to be honest. Kinda, yeah. That's that's true, actually. I think he has changed the most, sort of. I don't think Ren, like, really changes that much. He just... It's just more of a, a refining for him. There's a lot of stuff in these last two episodes where, like, Ren... And Shinji share a lot of like extremely romantic looks. Yeah, th- this this very much felt like they remembered. Oh, oh, guys, guys, you remember how many older women fucking watched Kuga? We gotta get some of that shit in here. I, I was really like, wait a minute, hold on, where was this stuff in the show up until this point? <laughs> Because they do the thing where it's like, these are two guys, and they're the most important people in each other's life to each other. They have a strong, manly bond. But um, it, it just, really, they had not been doing that at all up until this point. But, like, I feel like where they do that most is after the time skip, and Shinji doesn't even know Ren anymore. I know. Well, I don't, I, does Ren know Shinji? They don't. I'm not sure if Rin has his memories in that time loop. Uh, uh, it's unclear. Uh, I'm going to assume yes. Wait, fucking what? What? That's not how the show works. What? Garrett, are you reading the wiki again? You know you shouldn't do that when we're on recording. But the wiki says Shiro fixes everything. What? Uh, I mean, I guess... Like, he, he, like, goes far back in time enough that everything is set to rights, I guess, is the idea. So I guess then Ren wouldn't know Shinji at that point, because it wasn't Ren that did it, but actually Shiro. Oh, yeah. No, I, I got that from the show. That, um, yeah, Ren, Ren sees his girlfriend come back to life and then dies. Like, the, the fact that everything is reset as if the writer war never happened, that's Shiro. Oh. oh God, he died, didn't he? Yeah, I get. Well, the way they played it, like, Ari's just like, oh, he's just taking a nap. I'm like, okay, that seems fine. No, no, it's super tragic. And she wakes up and is like, oh, I'm seeing my partner again for the first time. Uh, if you fall asleep like that, you're going to get a cold. Uh, it's super tragic because he's super fucking dead. And like, this was doomed. To, he was doomed to never it to never be possible for him to get what he wanted the whole time. Okay. Yeah. No, I see that. Yeah. And then that makes sense with the it, all all their Faustian bargains are coming to collect. So they all have to die. All right. Well, that's dumb. <laughs> I mean, they did all agree to be in a death game, so, you I mean, know. That's true. <laughs> that's still dumb. <laughs> okay, w- there's a bit, uh, a short bit in here, after the stuff with Kidoka, um, where we, there's like, a, we, we see Asakura, and there's like a voiceover that we hear on the radio that they're planning to just ambush him and shoot him to death, basically. Yeah, um, I mean, it's implied with to be the cops. That he's done. 
Makes sense. It, it it's yeah, it's kind of surprising they haven't done that yet. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not like I don't think that's wrong or anything. Like, yeah, he's killed some people. That seems fair. It's just weird because we haven't gotten voiceover from non-named characters pretty much ever. That's true. Um. Oh yeah, and then it's like, oh no, there's monsters in the real world now, killing people. Yeah, like what? I still wish I understood. Like, what were these insect things? Why are they attacking the real world? I, I, I guess, guess the idea is that they grew strong enough so that they could just invade the real world full force without needing to, like, jump in or out of the mirror world. So my assumption I... is that these monsters rep- are the physical embodiment of the timeline, and it is therefore pushing the game <laughs> to come to a head. Oh, uh, like the like uh when they break well, like when they break a time bit in Doctor Who and they all get attacked by giant time bats or whatever. Yeah, or just like any battle royale game where the map gets smaller. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> they're they're the big electric field in battlegrounds. Yeah. Cause it it seems like it corresponds with like the timeline up to UA's birthday. Kinda, yeah. We were never really given hard and fast rules about how the mirror universe works. So and I guess, not... like, it doesn't technically start happening until after UA disappears, so that could have been the catalyst for it. Oh, maybe. I hadn't thought of this, actually, but yeah, since she was, like, master of the monsters, kind of, maybe they, uh, like, the. Maybe she was holding them back in a way? I hadn't maybe. thought of that. Yeah, I don't know. But, like, uh, they can invade the real world now, because yeah. they... Yeah, nothing's preventing them from doing so. Uh, they did not improve the CG. Uh, no, not yeah. really. It's a little spooky, but mostly silly. Yeah. It's not, like, Kuga levels of CG, but... Uh, it's better, it's just... I miss Kuga CG. <laughs> Yeah, it was goofy. Okay, so so monsters are invading the real world. They attack like an intersection. There's like a bunch of civilians there. Yep. It's like, hey, hey, y'all, this is, we're a common rider show. We should get a body count. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rin and Shinji head toward there to stop the monsters. Uh, Shinji goes to save a little girl and gets straight up impaled through the chest. Just like through. It's it is through his like back right shoulder, so it definitely punctured along. Didn't go all the way through him, but it's it was very o- obvious. Like this is a lethal wound; he is going to die from. Right. Yeah. Which like, boy, that's a pretty lame death. I mean, he died like, saving a like, kid. Like narratively, it's fine, but like. It's, it's as good as any of the deaths the other characters I don't have. know, like, I feel like it's barely a step up from being killed off screen. <laughs> it's like this this monster just stabs this untransformed Shinji out of nowhere. And this one blow is going to murder him. It It certainly does seem to... I don't know. I don't hate it, but... It does seem like it's kind of counter to the principle of, like, a tokusatsu show. I I, I, I feel like it's a pretty cheap death. Like, I, I don't know if I want to fully commit to that, but, you know, 
the the genre is about like big emotions big feelings and you know big confrontations with plastic karate fights uh and to have the like shinji doesn't really get that because like that's not that's not the end of him like something else just randomly happening that he wasn't ready for kills him which is just seems like it's from a different genre of show yeah i i feel like it could have just been done in a way that felt more impactful yeah, shouldn't he have, like, blown himself up to destroying all of these monsters or something? That or, is like... not what I'm implying. <laughs> I mean, I don't, like, I'm sort of joking, but sort of serious, too. Like, that would have sort of worked for him as a character. Like, sacrificing himself to save a bunch of other people? Like, That's it, his thing. Uh, be, it being a conscious, like, being, like, a chosen sacrifice would have been better, because then there would have been, like, an agency and kind of, like, completed that arc there. Yeah, instead of just save the child well actually no shinji's entire thing since the very beginning of the show has been jumping into situations before understanding the full consequences of his actions and getting in way over his head and having things happen to him that are far exceeding what you would expect for the situation yeah so him his death being oh i'm going to save this kid something like this is the first this is the first life he has chosen to try and save he is stepping up his game he is taking a step into a new area and then immediately gets slapped for it kind of fits i disagree because he's jumped into places to save people in previous episodes and it's been (laughs) fine every time he saved other people i feel like this is almost the one type he actually does know what he's getting into Mm. Yeah, in a way. It is, I guess. I don't know. I want to see kind of... I wonder what the alternate timelines of this are going to be and how it'll play out differently. Like, I don't know, like... I didn't didn't hate this. It kind of made sense as an end for the character to me. So I, I didn't dislike it, but if you were to say that it's counter to the genre and it wouldn't work for you... I think I would understand why. I feel like even like just being transformed would have made it better for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, like uh, that's like the idea of the common writer, right? That he it's like bringing the full force of your like internal yeah. self to to bear on a situation, or like setting it up where like he had to like maybe like, you know, punch or kick a through a few out of the way before getting to her to make it feel more like a crowded situation. Yeah, I can see that. I just feel like he kind of just runs up, he's like, alright, we gotta go, and then he gets stabbed by the one monster that just happens to be nearby. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I accept that, you know. I thought it was fine, but if... I think that argument's also valid in a way, you know. Like the the like the reasoning and like the arc for it, I get. I just don't agree with the execution. I seriously didn't expect them to kill Shinji. Yeah, I mean, that honestly. came out of came out of mostly nowhere. That it's like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I I mean he his 
Kamen Rider is the name of the show. I kind of thought the final confrontation was going to be about him. No, it's Ren. Uh, which makes Dragon Knight an actual more appropriate name <laughs> for the show than Ryuki. That's true. But before he dies, he transforms and, like, beats up a bunch of monsters with Ren. And then dies. But not before he gets to have a monologue about what his wish was going to be. Yeah, he, like, pukes up a bunch of blood. It's pretty grim, actually. Uh, he is a way more gruesome death than any of the other characters in the show. I guess except for that one time we thought Asakura, like, roasted to death on screen, but then he was fine, so... I didn't think he roasted to death on screen. <laughs> well, I, this either might, way... This might be the only episode with blood in it, too, now that I think about it. It might be. And there's I mean, just I, a I'm, lot of it. I'm not sure if another character has had, like, a bleeding injury before this. Um, but yeah, he transforms, they do a bunch of, like, fight stuff... And then they go back, and Ren's like, Hey, hey, buddy, you're not allowed to die. And Shinji's like, Hang on, hang on. I just gotta set this this death flag of telling you that I figured out what I'm fighting for. And uh, it's to close the mere, mere world. I know that might be a problem for, like, a couple of you guys, but um, that's that's what I decide, whether it's right or wrong. Yeah. And, yeah, like, Rand holds him while he has this death confession and stuff. Uh, it's super tragic. Yeah. Uh, he, he tells Rand, like, I've got a wish I want to fulfill now, so, like, yeah. He tells Ren I, that's like, you gotta, you gotta live your hardest, Ren. As much as I kind of haven't bought Ren's, like, weird stoicism throughout the show, I, the actor's reaction to who... Shenji dying, I actually super buy. Like, I, I really like that, actually. I I think the way he, he reacts is very believable and adds a lot to the character. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, just the fact that he's like, look, if the, the best person I know is killed by this, it's like the thing that finally shakes his unbreakable confidence. That, like... Nothing like I, even if some good were to come of all this, it's cost too much. Like it's it's hurt. It's taken too much good out of the world for this to be right. Yeah, I mean, it plays into like the setup where he was talking with uh, Kidoka last time, where they're just like, Shinji is the best person out of all of us here. Yeah, pretty much. And then so yeah, there's that too. And like Ren's like known Shinji the longest, so like. You could also see it portrayed as, like, this is the one person Ren has had, like, a connection to throughout this whole thing. And now at this point, right. it could be the moment where he's like, this is now real. Like, he he is a huge tsundere in a stupid way, but Shiro, or Shinji, is the one person that he, like, really respects. So seeing him die is uh, really just shattering for him. I wish they had, like, written Ren's character to develop a little bit more over the course of the show. I feel like he really didn't change very much, very many times. Yeah, he doesn't change too much. He, it's just more of, like, a refinement. He just, like, gets polished a little bit throughout, rather than, like, a drastic change of any sort. Yeah, but but the way he reacts to this, I think, super works for me. I, I've really bought it. Yeah, I agree with it. Yep, I'd do it. 
And then uh, we cut to Takeshi just, like, being around. And then they start pointing some guns on him. And then Goro's like, hey, lawyer, uh, what outfit you want to wear for your date? And then Kidoka's like, shit. Actually, I think I gotta go kill uh, Takeshi, actually. That was kind of my fault, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's something I did. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of on me, too. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that is kind of Kidoka's fault, isn't it? <laughs> He's the one that showed up and gave Asakura the, the deck. Well, no, like, Shiro did it, but, like... Wouldn't it be more thematically appropriate for him to just be like, that's it, I'm done at this point? But now that I think about it, actually, yeah, this is his fault, so... Yeah, it's, it, it is, it's the nice thing of him saying, yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine with my death, I accept it, and he's been selfish the entire show, mostly. Like, it, it's been a slow grind, or slow build of him being less so... But one of his main character things, yeah, he's the selfish lawyer, wants it all for himself. So this acceptance that this is my fault, I need to fix it, I need to take responsibility for this, is a really nice capstone for his development. Yeah, his arc's really good. I really like him as a character in this show. Yeah, yeah. I even... It's definitely, again, I'm gonna, I, I really feel like a, the characters could have grown a little bit more subtly over the course of the show. But, uh, you know, I think where they ended up was good. Yeah, I feel like he did, though, because I even feel like you could kind of take away from, like, him letting the IT lady and Megumi hang out is, like, him, like, slowly starting to, like, open up to this, even though if he has kind of, like, the... It's kind of like the smuggler assholeness on the outside. I can't think of the right word to replace smuggler there for it, though. The the rogue, you mean? yeah. Yeah, I, I guess it, it, it like, two-thirds works for me. There, there are parts of it that I'm like, I would have done it a little differently. But, you know, it's mostly fine. Yeah, that's pretty good. And then Shiro just shows up to Ren and he's like, alright, you gotta fight Odin now, you're the last one left. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's clearly two other people here. Yeah, <laughs> but I get, I get the feeling that Asakura, like, yes, Asakura was fantastic to have in to, like, stimulate the other people to start fighting but he's never cared about like succeeding he just wants to fight so he's not gonna come for it he's off doing his own thing he probably knows that the police are coming for him anyway and are gonna kill him this is one of those things that implies to me that this isn't shiro's first loop through this war because uh i think he knows that kitaoka and and asakura are about to die it's he he would he could probably know that like yeah i don't we don't need to worry about them they're gonna go do their own thing i know they do they do that all the time like yeah they've never like they're going to die in a few minutes i know i've seen it that's fair i don't know i just feel like that kind of just takes away from like that climax then it does and like yeah because, like, the next episode is kind of, like, it goes back and forth between these two things, and just one of them doesn't particularly matter. Yeah, I I guess I kind of, like, I, I feel like it's basically him telling the audience, like, those characters aren't going to matter to this. They'll have their own thing, they don't need to matter. Which I kind of had accepted as uh, plausible at this point. But yeah, if you're really not sure about where those stories are going, I could definitely feel this feeling like a weird misdirect. Which, like, fine, but, like, girl's a good boy and deserved better. Yeah, he definitely, yeah, him... When his, uh, 
okay, yeah, Goro is going to um, be common Rider, whatever the bull one is. I forget. We haven't Verde, called it that. I think. Common Rider green bull thing with the gun. Uh, yeah, when he he's going to use that deck in the next episode, and when it when the suit pops and it shows Goro's face, like I legit was like, oh shit! Really, like the most hurtful thing is that he just didn't win. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like he could have won. I mean, Asakura's like a murderer, you know. He's and he's been doing this for so. Goro is just like Kiryu, or probably more the other guy. <laughs> that okay. What Majima? Kind of. The other guy named Goro. <laughs> Goro is not like that. Goro. I, I meant Majima, but like not not like full Majima though. Majima from Yakuza Zero. Yeah, well, he's Before. more than just Zero, but yeah. Well, yes, but oh, oh, he's yes. a far different character that... in Zero than he is to the rest of the series. Sorry, I haven't played enough of Zero to get to that point yet. I really need to do a dip, deep dive in some of the older games. Yeah, he's he's kind of like a, a noble scoundrel in Zero, uh, but he's like becomes a maniac in the rest of the series. Yeah, and like, who's the games are just a lot of commitment. They are. They kind of are, yeah. Like a Dragon is so fucking good, though. I, uh, yeah, Kiwami 2 was the last one I've played. I need to d- dip into 3 next. I need to finish Zero. Zero is a super good game. Yeah, I need to play through Zero now. Like, I-, I broke myself. The first one I completed was Like a Dragon, and now I'm just like, I want more of these, and I know that's the plan in the future, but... You like you just like RPGs more than brawlers. Um, it's not, not. I don't. I don't know if it's that. I just think like when it was structured as a JRPG, it clicked better with me. Yeah, I mean that's fair. And the old, old ones kind of felt a lot like JRPGs to the, me. The old ones <laughs> already. are JRPGs. It's just the combat system is an action combat. Yeah. Also, just like just like the like a dragon characters are real good. They are. Like, like Ichiban, fact that, real good. The fact that you can put the entire crew, men and women, in bunny suits and have them run around. Woo, it's so good. That is true. <laughs> it is very good. I have not played that one yet. Everyone says it's good, so I'm sure it's pretty great. Ichiban's just, like, canonically, like, a huge Dragon Quest fan, and I'm here for it. That's I think I'm re- gonna I'm gonna have a really hard time letting go of Kiryu though. I do love me. Well, it's, I, I love Kiryu. Y- you will miss Kiryu. Yes, Ichiban is a good replacement. <laughs> like the entire reason the game is styled like a JRPG is Ichiban has brain damage and is literally seeing the world like a video game. It's very good. <laughs> That's a fun twist on the Sayana Uta premise. <laughs> it's very good. Like, none of it is actually happening. It's all in his head. It's very good, though. Oh, they're all so good. Uh, okay, well, we'll do, we'll do Yakuza talk. Like, uh, but, okay, wait. Uh, but, yeah, Goro Majima, that, that's his name. We also have a ex-Yakuza character named Goro in the show. Yes. I could have sworn I brought that up before now. Oh. Well. So, anyway, the last episode... <laughs> Oh, um, you didn't mention, uh, or, well, there's one, like, subtle thing that happens in episode 49 before it goes out. Uh, in the room that Yui disappeared from, they zoom in on the picture of her and Shiro holding hands, 
and they show the black feathers that were Yui's that like represented Yui's presence kind of falling around it. Yeah, it's it's interesting that's it, it's kind of has white feathers and she has black feathers. Yeah, so she's any... like not gone is the idea. I don't I don't know if there's any like further symbolism between the fact that she's black and he's white, but it's interesting. Uh there's a bit in the next episode when they um when they show like all the characters' faces being reflected in the mirror shards, I mm. thought the way they showed it made it look like falling feathers, and the idea was the golden feathers are the front of the mirror, and the black feathers are the back of the mirror. It, that was how I interpreted it. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It just seemed like a bit of visual synchronicity to me. I don't know if it was intentional, but that's kind of... Yeah, I just felt that was a, a connection that I made. I can see that, yeah. Anywho, the last episode. Everybody's basically dead. That's the recap. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> All the characters except Asakura, Kitaoka, barely. Ren and, and Ren are dead. Yeah, like two out of the main three are dead. If you consider the main three, Shinji, Yue, and Ren, Kidoka's dead. Oh yeah, he 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 is actually dead. We just don't know it yet. Well, no, no, it's... we we do see him alive in the beginning of the episode. Oh yeah, I guess, I guess he does have a slightly. This is the part where he's like, "I got to take care of Takeshi." Oh right. The weather's really bad today. I can't see your face, Goro. Yeah, like his eyes stop working. I do. Th- I think that's actually the last bit that we see him, though, and then he's dead. Right. Yeah, I thought that it was just flashback dialogue to the previous episode, but that wasn't in the previous episode. Or Ren has the recap of Shinji and stuff, and he's like, ah, even in before your death, you found your wish. Good, good job out of you. I will keep fighting for what I believe in. Carrying his determination with him. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is an interesting... I, I think it's uh, interesting for Ren to take that, because I think that's a misinterpretation of what Shinji was saying. That he's like, oh, Shinji finally found something he wanted. I, I don't think that's the idea. Shinji wanted them to stop fighting, wanted them yeah, to stop but... killing each other over this. And Ren's like, ah, he finally wanted something. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't in, He doesn't internalize that what he wanted meant something. It's it's a strange thing where I'm like it, I I can see this determination of like Shinji had had kind of been wishy washy. Yes, he wanted to save people, but it's like he didn't have he he just kind of accepted it without accepting what that meant. And I don't know. It's it feels. I don't know why it feels okay, but it feels okay to me. I don't know. I, I think uh, Rin's like a believable version of a character with like a mental block or filter that he just interprets everything that happens to him or people tell him in terms of how he already sees his situation. I don't know. I also thought it was okay too. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought it was a good bit. I just. That was just how I've been seeing the character up until now. Because I think it was like. 
Ren before like his big problem was like Shinji was just trying to to solve everything, and Shinji like narrowed it down to like to like the thing he wanted for him. Yeah, it, it was because it was initially it was yes, I want to stop the fighting, but I also want to save everyone's life, and I want to solve your problems, and I want to help you deal with the fact that your girlfriend is in a coma. And I want to help this lawyer dude. And da, 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 da. and it's Shinji, like, he... Yeah, he was trying to take everything onto himself instead well, of just... Yeah, I Sh- want this fighting to stop. Yeah, Shinji tells him, like, the writer war is the source of the stuff that we can't deal with. Like, everything else is a manageable problem that we can deal with in human emotional ways. <laughs> The weird death game involving magic mirror people and karate bugmen is not a thing that we can really solve. Not really. So, Ren has that reflection, and then Goro goes to confront Takeshi. And then they go to fight. Yeah, like, uh... Common Rider Green is already yeah. Common <laughs> Rider Green is already transformed so that you don't immediately know that it's not Kidoka in the suit, which is a a good twist. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. They they play that reveal really well. It's I definitely I thought it was lawyer right up until it showed the face, and it's like oh wait, yeah oh oh no, <laughs> yeah. It's it's a great moment of like like tragedy but also like uh he like he, he had like it shows that kidoka had like made this real genuine emotional connection that he had a friend who was willing to to cover this problem for him but also it, it's just so sad to see like goro have to go there it is a beautiful tragedy yeah, yeah. which is what the whole show's going for really so you know i feel like there's other hints during the fight too because like it, the fact that like Girl's silent the whole time when Kitaoka tends to tends to speak and kind of toy during his fights and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, Kitaoka quips when he's shooting people. Um, you could maybe construe like some of the hand to hand stuff that Goro does as not something that Kitaoka generally does. Like I think this might be the only time in the show you see um the the Verde suit like have its gun holstered and doing some fisty cuffs. Yeah, yeah. he uses those super cool shoulder cannons again for a brief bit. Man, I love those things. He was the heavy arms, and heavy arms is cool. Okay, so so Rin uh, goes to fight Odin concurrently. Uh, I think he's just outside the house, that uh, yeah. Yui and Shiro's house. Uh, he yeah, goes he just all... goes back to the house, because that's where you go to do plot things in this show. Yeah, he turns on survive mode immediately, but uh, yeah, Odin is sort of unbeatable because yeah he's got the zawardo powers and yeah. can just win in a fist fight odin's just like hacks and there's a comment where like where ren and like shiro talk for a bit and odin just basically is a collection of puppets the entire time which is why there's like five of them yeah ren's like i thought we already beat odin and shiro's like uh no nah, i've got more it's they're just shells that i inhabit so you can't actually win. Yeah. Okay. We go back to Auntie, who is like, where's Yue? Oh, man, I wonder if she's dead, like what Shiro told me like a bunch of years ago. 
it's super weird that she like remembers this so specifically and like hasn't been worried about it at all. Yeah. We see she puts like a happy birthday UA like sign on a strawberry cake and has like a present. Yeah, and the she's cake just kind of waiting for UA to show up and and enjoy them, which is sweet. Yep. And then yeah. she yeah, she like straight up remembers like uh Shiro being like taken by his uncle to America and being like, Oh no, I can't leave Yui, Yui, Yui. Uh she's gonna die when she turns twenty, by the way. Oh god. Yeah. And then the camera pans up so that we see her holding Yui. So it's not a time loop in that way. That's true. It is it is a time loop, but she is not actually Yui from the future or whatever. This isn't ghost trick. Yep. Uh, Reiko is at the date alone. That's probably your... F- well, it's not even your hint that Sawyer's dead, because you think he's fighting right now. Yeah. Um, but then, like, it comes back, like, the fight kind of ends there, and then it turns into Goro... And then it cuts yeah. to lawyer who's like just laying on his couch with a flower, assuming he's dead now. Yeah, yeah. Like Goro put him on the couch, folded his hands, and put a flower in his hands. Uh, you know, to it's be respectful. Much, hey, he's dead. Here's the viewing for the body. Yeah, yeah. And like Asakura realizes he was fighting Goro and screams. Yeah, gets super pissed off. His he- uh. His absolution was uh, taken from him. Yep, so then he picks up a pipe and runs up the guns and gets shot a bunch. Yeah, he realizes he's about to die and is just like, well, fuck it. Like, it, it's a cool shot scene. It's kind of like, it's almost in black and white, or it might even just be black and white. There's a lot of smoke over this scene. I think it's playing some music over it. And the gun, the gunshots don't have... They're not on the soundtrack. They don't make a sound, so... Yeah, it's very, uh, cinematic. Yeah. Like I said, I'm pretty sure it's a direct lift from another movie, but I cannot name the movie. I would assume so. Um, so now Ren is actually the final writer at this point. Odin still cheats, though. And then, like... Shiro's just kind of like, fuck, what if, what if Yue was actually telling the truth? And he's like, oh no, my plan. Yeah, like, Odin goes to use his final vent, but at the same time, Shiro basically has an emotional breakdown and realizes, like, you're always going to refuse the second chance I'm trying to give you, wouldn't you? Yeah. And, like, Yue's spirit is kind of there talking to him in a way. Unsure. I, I'm pretty sure the black feathers are supposed to Im- imply that, like, she is that, like, she is there with him. Maybe. So then, like, yeah. So he yells. It breaks like a bunch of mirrors, and then it like, it does the thing in Bloodborne where you use the music boss on Gascoin. <laughs> I know that's an extremely specific reference, but that's what happens. Uh, yeah, he he stops and laughs. He, like, stops and, like, swivels around and, like, brings his hands up to his head. Yeah. And then Ren's oh, like, okay, oh, yeah. I, I guess I just win now. Yep, Odin collapses, evaporates. Yeah, he's like, you are the last writer. And then he turns into Orb. Yeah, uh, this, is, this was the weirdest. Uh, 
I, I thought this was really weird. I, I guess the person who gets the prize is literally the last person alive. They aren't, like, getting anything from the people who died. I mean, really, we're now at the point where I don't know what happens anymore. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I'm not entirely sure how the show... Like, okay, so he wins... And then he's in a white area. Well, I guess he went to the hospital. He staggers to the hospital, and I guess his wish comes true because he won. Yeah. Well, he like he yeah he got he gets the, the orb prize. Power. His he get he gets the prize. His desire is fulfilled. Like his girlfriend is not dying in a coma anymore. Uh, he was getting pretty. He was getting the shit kicked out of him by Odin. I assume he died from that. Yeah. So then, yeah, so then, like, he, he, like, merges with the orb power, and then he goes to the hospital and, like, cures his wife, and then this is over, like, the backdrop of, um, the chief writing his Kamen Rider story about the mere world and Kamen Riders, and that's where, like, the, in this war, there's no justice, in this war, there's only a wish. Right, Yeah. yeah, it's... I mentioned it's not that just as bad, it's just the desires of people. And which then is pretty yeah. much every war. Yeah, that's that's kind of what war is. It's called war knuckles. Nothing about it is good. So yeah, that happens. Not, not even gonna get a chuckle from my Sonic Forces reference. I love that quote so much. I've never played Sonic <laughs> Forces, nor do I know the meme. I have not played it either. Just there's a bit where like one of the characters says that to Knuckles, and it's just one of my favorite things ever. But yeah, uh, there's the bit we mentioned earlier where Ren's like dead on the floor and his girlfriend sees him, and that kind of cuts there, and we go into the last sequence of the show. Kind of the whole the next eight minutes are all like, I, I guess two separate sequences. Uh, one of them is. Like, what happens to Shiro and Yui, and the other one is what happens to the rest of the characters. Yeah, this is this is the point where we get <laughs> the implication. the part where I don't know what the fuck happens. The, yeah, it, it, it is... Shiro is talking to a Yui in the mirror, which I guess is the mirror Yui, or some version of Yui. Well, I don't it's know It's always what. been the mirror Yui. But... It, this is the part where it implies that Shiro has done this cycle a couple times trying to get Yui to survive past the 20th birthday. Yui says, are you going to repeat all this again? Which sounds like it's not the first time he's doing this. That translation is kind of ambiguous, and I don't know the Japanese, so... I must... There have been several things that hinted that this wasn't the first time that he's done this. Right. So, yeah, it unsure that's what it seems like and then you is just like well what if you just stop that and we just like proceed to just like both die let's, together let's ju- yeah let's just die and have this weird purgatory with our fast and or with our future and past versions of ourselves where we all just sit in a room and draw pictures forever yeah let's draw not the mirror world yeah, because, okay, so Shiro, yeah, Shiro's, like, collapsed in the room that she disappeared in. Her face as an adult is in the mirror shards, and she's like, are you gonna do this all again? He says, yes, I would. And then he, like, sits back out of camera. The lights come up, the camera zooms back out slightly, and the younger version of him is sitting in a chair, 
in front of the broken mirror talking to adult Yui, who says, I am here with you. And then, like, this is kind of the... It seems like this is a change for Shiro. Like, this hasn't happened to him before. But this is what makes him decide to... That they will just kind of let all of this go, basically. Yeah. And then, so once he decides that he's done doing this, he then decides to, like, just hit the reset button and let things play out without the mirror monsters and the common Riders existing. Yeah. Yeah, about 1725 is the bit I was talking about in here, where we, like, it goes to a like an oval shaped uh framing and we see like the mirror shards falling down with the the whites on the front and the blacks on the back and the whites right. have the characters faces on them right which i guess and... might be the bit where like he's rewinding it and like so rewinding it is like putting those broken shards back together into a mirror i assume oh that that's a good idea i that hadn't occurred to me but yeah that he's like letting the the mirror fall back into place uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but that's a good idea that he'd been like breaking reality over and over again by doing this. It just seems to like play in with. The, I mean, like mirrors have been the thing of the show, so. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. Um, uh, yeah. Then they are in a room where the walls are made up of pictures of of uh, Yui and Shiro standing together happily in many different environments. And the younger versions of them are sitting there, and then the older versions of them bring in other drawing pads, and they're all four of them are sitting there together. And they just kind of fades out from there, right? Yeah. They, they have their eternal purgatory. Or something. Like, this this happy memory just is is them now. All right, so now we got to talk about why this ending actually sucks. So the, this ending sucks because um, Catboy did not get Izakai. He's actually alive again now. See, I'm like, did does do the other universes still count? Like, did those other timelines actually happen, or is this rules where timelines that get erased don't count? Oh, for a second, I thought you were trying to argue that this is now the Izakai world. Oh, shit. Uh, that would be nuts. I mean, that might be what's going on. Like, maybe these are all the same characters, and, like, by being rewound, like, everything is literally undone. Really? It's not clear, because we're not told. We're not told what happens. Really, this is the joke that keeps on giving, and it's a shame I've peaked so early this year. <laughs> uh, we'll count this on last year's ledger. You, you, we'll, still, we'll give you a, a new high later on. Okay. Well, I have to come up with one, which is the problem. So, yeah, the the that image of them like in the weird other world fades out into the room that they were in. The room doesn't like the mirror is together, the chair is empty. The room looks well put together, like none of the tragedies that happened in it mark it anymore. Yeah, so like we can choose to believe like the Japanese equivalent of child protective services stepped in and things were better. Maybe. Or maybe they just all died and they're well, no. just okay with that well, now. So, the reason I say that is because at the end, when Shinji's ordering tea, 
you see um, Yue's aunt look over at the pictures that shows, like, I believe new images of, like, Shiro and Yue, like, having their childhood together. Oh, I assumed those were all taken before. Oh, but yeah, they're not in the room. Yeah, I guess the fact that they're not in the room does imply that they had a different, that this, they were something different happened in this timeline. Huh. Maybe. Yeah, wild. Like, th- this part's hard just because, like, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of weird differences that probably don't mean anything. But uh, we also, also, like, this is basically what happened at the end of Zio, by the way. Kind of. Uh, um... Someone with time powers resets everything. None of the characters have met each other or know each other. <laughs> no, but... But, like... But... We uh, do specifically see but the Geo, guy. But Geo knew. Like, like he knew. Right. So, like, yeah, it I wasn't, mean, like, a full knew. thing. Like, that... That is, like, more intentional and I think actually makes more sense than this. Well, yeah, they were more explicit about what was happening. <laughs> Because for, they like, didn't introduce time powers at the very end of the show in that one. That's true. There's also just like the bits where like Megume is a worker at Origin all this time, and that technically didn't happen till events of Mirror Monster stuff. So like that's weird and out of place a little bit. It it feels yeah. like people have come together in like this is the ideal. This is what Shiro thinks the ideal situation should be for now. Yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of like. I mean, the the feeling it's supposed to leave us with is that, like, hope and love can make the world a better world. Which is, you know, I like that. It It is kind of weird from a plot perspective, though. That, or, like, it could be, like, the thing where, like, just, like, these people were, were fated to meet regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like the ending of Sailor Moon Season 1, before they undo that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like he bumps into Tiger Guy, who is just walking around, apparently not insane in this universe, because well, he's Isekai now. <laughs> yeah, he he runs into the fortune teller dude, who is apparently doing okay. Yep. Um, Takeshi shows up and knocks over his uh, Shinji's yeah. bike. Us Crystal walking around being a dick. Uh, Lawyer and Goro are both alive. Yeah, they're they're both doing fine, which is cute. Uh, the way it kind of uh, brings, like, it brings us into this bit, too, is, like, Chief is taking a call about, like, someone complaining about a news story. And at first, you're sp- at first you're supposed to believe, like, it's his writer and Mirror World story that he wrote. But uh-huh. since now that actually didn't happen, it was, it's now one of Shinji's stories. Yeah, it's some, it, and, uh, like, when we fade into the setting, I assumed it was gonna be, like, we're in the future now. And, like, he's trying to get out of the fact that he just wrote a story about crazy magic karate bugmen. But uh, <laughs> that is not the case. We're in the past. And then it seems like he's trying to pawn a story off on the IT lady at first. But then Shinji walks into the room and it's like, oh, we're in a universe where Shinji is still alive. Yeah, And it's specifically yeah. the, the golden crayfish story from way back early in the series. I guess we don't we don't see the crab common writer and if he's still going around kidnapping children or whatever he did. Uh, well, we don't see the dude whose dad died either, gazelle guy. Yeah, we don't see gazelle guy or rhino guy. It, maybe he's still making evil video games. Yeah, maybe. We kind of just see like what actors were left. 
we just see the characters that the show tried to give us an emotional connection with. So, yeah. Uh, Shinji and, uh, or Shiro and Ren's last scene is really funny in a way. <laughs> like, he's trying to go into the, the, ca- the cafe and he and Ren keep doing the thing where they bump into each other and then back up and try to go around each other and bump into each other again. And they do it like seven times. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then they give each other a long romantic look as Shiro goes past him into the cafe. Yep. And then he's like, coffee, please. And Auntie's like, we only have tea here. And Shinji's like, okay, tea, I guess, then. Yeah, the ant has like a really flat affect in this scene, which I'm not sure if I was supposed to interpret as meaning something or not. It always felt like Yui was, like, the bright part in her life. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I mean, I guess she is, like, kind of a no-nonsense person. Maybe that's the idea, is that Shiro is just showing up to be goofy. I guess at this point, like, she doesn't have any family left. I yeah, mean, no, they all died. Uh, yeah. Except for maybe Shiro and Yui. No, I, well, I don't know. I I I assume to believe that they they died. Well, they they wouldn't have died in the explosion, right? Yeah. And they wouldn't have been locked up in the room the whole time. So would they have died? I assume they just died at twenty or something. The the mirror universe didn't exist, so nothing. So what led to Shiro being dead wouldn't have happened. Maybe. I wonder if the wiki has an answer. <laughs> don't don't go to the wiki for answers. It never makes us happy. Uh, I mean, it sometimes makes me happy because it makes you unhappy, but that's different. So mean. It's not necessarily mean. It's just in the enjoyment of the podcast. Shinji asked for the tea. Shiro was not there. We zoom in on the photos, and that's the show cuts. That's the end. Yeah. Well, uh, Nambuki doesn't give me any answers. They're just like, yeah, Yui didn't die this time. And I'm like, oh, okay. She didn't die of whatever, like, tragedy disease killed her the first time. I assume it would be like being locked in a room forever disease. Oh, you know what? These, the two wiki pages on these two characters don't have the same information. I'm shocked and surprised by this development. So, So they're either in purgatory or everything's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna say they're in purgatory. That's fine. I mean, I think they're probably fine, but the you know the version of them that the tragedy happened to, like they still exist in some sense. They just sealed themselves away. I think. What if the they idea. just switched the mirror in the real world, and they're just like <laughs> all that bad stuff? That's the mirror world now. I mean, maybe. Anyway, this is a show that we completed. Yeah, yeah, the show is over now. Okay, so now I'm going to bring up how this is actually pretty similar to Final Fantasy X, which is also about grief the whole time, and, like, there's characters that aren't, like, the main character is not real, and it's kind of about how the other characters deal with that. Yeah. Do you know what I... Well, I never finished Final Fantasy X, so I don't have much to comment about that. But, somehow relevant to this, when I was scrolling through TikTok... There was a, th- a one about specifically Final Fantasy X where it's canonical that Titus and Yuna aren't just together anymore. What, like 
they break up at the end of X2 or whatever? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. I didn't know that. Well, now you do. Okay. Uh, good. They shouldn't have been dating anyway. Uh, they they met each other in a very emotionally compromised part of their life. Yeah, Yuna has her two girlfriends now. Yuna was in the middle of, like, trying to relive her dad's, like, odyssey where he'd, like, let himself die so that the devil wouldn't eat the universe. Yeah, and she has her two girlfriends now. So, of course, she's emotionally compromised, and then she meets a guy who is like, hey, maybe you shouldn't die, and he's the first person who said that, so of course she likes him. And then Dress Spears. I might have just been thinking about Final Fantasy X a lot lately because i listened they did there was like a retronauts episode about it and i listened to it and just they did not cover any of the stuff that i thought was important about final fantasy 10 like what the story is about oh i bet i bet there is a lot of talk about the spear grid and how neat it is the spear grid is super cool they're actually more negative on the spear grid than i thought because i always think of that as like a really fun system but. uh i mean i don't know how well it holds up now and like the job board from 12 might actually just be the better version of it but the job board does give you more options. Like you, the sphere grid's actually like fairly linear until the end game. I don't know. It's hard to say. Like the builds in JRPG aren't really as unique as it is played out to be. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel um, like the the inherent problem with JRPG builds is like the part where you have to use resources to do the things that make the builds unique. When 90% of the time you're just going to be auto-attacking? Um, yeah. I mean, you're really... Like, in a lot of JRPGs, you're really only, like, prepping for the the boss fights. Exactly. So, like... Building... Part of why, like, Final Fantasy Thirteen is good, actually. Uh, that all of the fights are actually interesting. Yeah, like... But, uh... Honestly, like, I feel like... JRPGs are kind of, like, at their best gameplay-wise when, like, there is set amount of battles. Oh, like in the, uh, the Cthulhu Saves the World Breath of Death games? I forget what the name of that company is. Yeah, because then, like, in theory, it has been designed where you can have your specific builds and stuff, and since, like, every battle is meaningful where you, you, you will be planning to use resources... It oh, makes yeah. those kind of work out better. You have, yeah. I mean, they also do the thing where resources are limited, but they refill between fights. So, yeah. like, yeah, they just do all the JRPG stuff like better than anyone else, really. Yeah, it's part of why Zboid. Like, yeah, Zboid are those people. But didn't the they also do Cosmic Star Heroine, which is like yes, they did. Which, which is, I still, which I still is need like, to play that. Yeah, one. it's good. I kickstarted that. My name's in there. I really liked their previous games. Oh, they did the Penny Arcade 3 and 4, too, which were also pretty good. So you know. Yeah, I've heard good things. They make good games. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's that's when I think, like, J- that's where I think, like, peak JRP design is. In, in the sense of, like, combat and gameplay. Not particularly narratively. That's different, but... Yeah. I mean, in the classic style, yeah, those are, like, real fundamental changes to the the way that they work that are straight upgrades yeah but yeah i like those um okay but yeah uh no i I brought up the final fantasy 10 thing mostly to talk about how like 
I, I thought the show was about something that came out a year later and comparing it to Fate, Fate the whole time. Actually, I should have been thinking about something that came out the year before because it's like FF10 the whole time. And then, again, Urobuchi thought about it a bunch of years later when he made Madoka. <laughs> Is it like... I don't know if it's that similar to Madoka. And then, has, he co- has he actually compared it, uh, Madoka to Ryuki before? I Is think, that a thing? I think that, yeah, I think that's specifically been a thing. And then he wrote Gaim, so, like, maybe, uh, I mean... I mean, Gaim does have, like, a weird, weird alternative universe in it that the writer powers come from. It's true. Though, also, that's very much not set in the real world. It's set in, like, a weird alternative world where, like, street dance battles, like, decide everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, so there's stuff on Reddit where, like, apparently Madoka was suggested to a lot in how it was basically Ryuki, so there's probably something there. I could see that. And it's in an interview, so it's probably real. They listed, like, the source and, like, the the ISBN number of the book, so... Maybe structurally, but I don't think they're that similar this article this article is kind of long so i'm not gonna super go through with it well i think it's like the idea of a death game and a witch like hmm like there's a bit that's similar yeah kind of like the soul gems are basically inspired him then you know hey yeah i'm not gonna tell him he's wrong yeah i mean like the the soul gems are basically just like a fleshed out version of like the exp orbs Kinda. Um, and surprise, he liked Kuga because it's a good show. Everyone likes Kuga. Uh, Kuga's just good. Um, he likes the Grungi because yeah, like it shows that people are the real monsters. I don't. I don't know if Kuga is like my favorite, but you know, it's, Kuga it's like covered the basics well. Kuga's probably the the best show we've watched for this podcast so far. Um, We're not counting I Geo like because I, it is technically a filler series that we did. I like Zio more, but yeah, of the three main shows we've watched, Kuga was the best. I, I assume the yeah. order is Kuga, Ryuki, Kiva. Yeah, that's yeah. mine. I mean, I liked I liked Ryuki a lot. Um, I thought it worked pretty well. Uh, it definitely... It definitely could have been cleaner, more well-considered... I think if they sat down with an idea of what the show was going to be from the front, it could have easily been great, but that doesn't seem to have happened, which is, you know, not the worst thing ever, but yeah, it is a little bit of a knock against it. Just a bit. It's not fundamentally bad from the the toes up, uh, like, like um, Kiva was, so, yeah. yeah. Pretty good show. I liked it. Mm-hmm. A lot to like there. Uh, yeah. Um, I think I'm ready to call it there if you guys are. Yeah, we'll be back next time with some Decade. Oh, shit. Watching some Decade. We get to watch some Decade. Is, uh, is Tsukasa going to turn some poor tiny boy into a Transformer dragon? No, Kiva's the only boy that that happens to. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Is the rest of it true? Probably. He's gonna turn someone into a dragon and they're gonna be like, what is happening to me? What the fuck? <laughs>
at outro stuff. We're a, we're a podcast on the internet at journeythroughthedecacast.com. There are links to all of the things and stuff. Um, Great. I'm glad you can do that automatically enough to where even in the middle of your Vampire Survivors run, you yeah. still do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, until <laughs> next time, we've been a Passing Through Podcast. Remember that. Good night. Good night. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can you, watch out for mirrors, kids. You can die now, Chris. Take care of your kids so that they don't grow up and create a death game with magical mirror monsters. Also that. <laughs>